it's time for Love Talk with Evelyn Van Davison. We love talking today with their special guest, Pastor Steve Washburn, about how God is good. Thanks, Dave. This is Evelyn Davison in the studio here, and we are excited because today we're celebrating. This is um, the 35th anniversary of Love Talking in Austin, Texas. In the studio is my precious friends, Coach Carrie Brinkader. Hello, friends. And Kathy and Brock. It's great to be here this morning in studio with my dear friends. With and our love ladies. Yes, and with you, you know, listeners. I think we're going to give you a round of applause, oh. Evelyn. Woo! Well, 35 know, years of love talk. This is something I said as a child I'd never do because my dad had a radio station and it took every Saturday. And I said, I'm not doing that when I get grown. But, you know, the Lord writes those downs in his post-it book and reminds you, you know, you depend on me and I'm going to tell you where to go and what to do. But it is exciting. We're just so thrilled to be here. I've been out a couple of weeks up in the uh, Mideast and um, Middle East where the blossoms are all purple, burgundy, and red. And all oh, gorgeous. Wow. Now, that's the Middle East of the United <laughs> yes. States. Let's just yes. clarify a little bit here. We have yeah, not in Rogers, <laughs> Arkansas, and you, <laughs> uh, or Eureka Springs, Missouri. You know, it was quite a tour. And we'll be talking some about that today because it is the focus of where we'll be going uh, with Love Talk and uh, with the city of Austin and, and the whole state of Texas as we prepare for the next year. Next year, girls. Uh, You know, I know so many people say, are you kidding me? We're already putting up Christmas lights. Well, okay, listening friends, we're already, like, we're in January now. We're starting (laughs) to plan for 2019. So we're Mm -hmm. a little bit ahead of ourselves here. But we have such a fun show. I love the topic for today, Carrie. Yeah, tell us about it, Kathy. Thanksgiving CPR. Our key verse today is, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Psalm 6930. Okay, well, so in t- talking about the, the topic today, I'm going to start with a little confession. Okay, so <laughs> we'll uh, kind of step into the, the, what is it, the little box the, where the priest is on one That's side right. and the mm-hmm. person's on the other. Okay, I'm just kind of stepping into the box right now. Um, so here's my confession. You know, sometimes at Thanksgiving, I, I'm so excited. I think oh, I'm just going to die of happiness. This is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. such a wonderful time with friends and family. And then other times at Thanksgiving, I am just so worn out. I think I'm going to die of exhaustion. I cannot <laughs> make it. I, I can barely get through mm-hmm. November, let alone even consider what December is going to look like. And and so I'm really glad that we get to talk about CPR today because sometimes we need spiritual CPR during Thanksgiving and we get exhausted. We get worn out. Maybe we're feeling lonely or abandoned, whatever it may be. We just feel as though we can't give thanks. Nothing is going right. And at these times, we simply need some life breathed back into us. We need that CPR. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about that today and, and kind of sh- sharing some of our experiences during those Thanksgivings when we have needed some CPR and how um, the, the lessons that we've learned and how God has turned things around for us. And all right, Evelyn, now we talk about breathing life back into things. You have been traveling around the United States and speaking, uh, attending the National Day of Prayer Summit and just breathing 
life Mm -hmm. um, into ministry and people across this country. Tell us about some of that. Well, we have a major major change this year. Uh, We have moved the summit, which is National Day of Prayer Conference, uh, to prepare for the next year. We've always had it in Colorado Springs. And uh, our new president of the uh, corporation now is Dr. Um, Ronnie Floyd. Ronnie Floyd. um. (laughs) I have trouble with his name. Uh, and he is absolutely on fire for God. And he asked us a question. Of course, you know, it's all big hoopla. You know, there, we had the, that church was totally full. Uh, it was a, the biggest event we've ever had for NDP. I can believe it. Uh-huh. And uh, what happened was he started off and said, I want to ask you a question. And so... Okay, you know, I, everybody, and yeah, okay, you got permission to ask, ask to away, right? <laughs> what is wrong with America? Was a question he asked. Oh, that's a tough question. And so he began to describe, you know, where we are in this nation, how how serious some issues are, how far we've fallen away from what God planned, and all of the part of, I'm not necessarily preaching, but getting ready for what he wanted to tell us. And so his job has been, uh, and this is his first year to do that, to be um, the, um, to determine what our goal for next year would be. And so that goal is, he said, what's wrong in America is we do not love one another. Mm. Think about that for a minute. We don't love enough. Mm. And so he set out on this journey, and of course, Dr. Kai Bowman was there, Dr. Trey Kent was there with their, and they're working on a new book. I'm working on a new book. I got to talk to you girls about that. Um, but you know what happened was people woke up to the fact that we've got to go back to blessing. And so as we've looked at that, you know, it is important for us to uh, prepare for next year, and we will be doing that. Uh, as we talk every week and move forward. Wow. Well, Miss Evelyn, it never ceases to amaze me how you are continually pouring into the lives of others. Every time people ask me, you know, what what I do on this radio show, I always talk about you and your joy and how you just cannot be around Miss Evelyn without <laughs> feeling joyful. And, um, wow, I have a lot to be thankful for this Thanksgiving season. We are just finishing up cross-country season and football season and volleyball season. And my kids just have um, thrived. And now we're beginning basketball season. I have to brag on my kids a little bit. My son's cross-country team, he got pulled up to the varsity team to run in the state cross-country meet. And um, Now, wait a minute. Logan's in eighth grade. He's in eighth grade, and they asked him to come out, and it's hilarious because, you know, he's almost 6'2", and, and typically runners are not giants like that, and so we call him Baby Giant. And um, oh, he... He got pulled up to run, and he did well enough that his team uh, was able to win the state cross-country championship, Mm -hmm. which was so great. And then my daughter's team, she's a freshman, they swept all five spots in the cross-country meet, and my daughter actually won first place. 
That is incredible. I, I tell you what, and it was so incredible. And my parents were able to be here and oh, see God. it, and it was wonderful. So proud of my kiddos. Of course, I you know I could brag forever, but now I get to be on the hardwood and coach basketball. My true love, absolutely having a blast. Oh my goodness, I don't even mind when the alarm clock goes off at 4:30 because we have to be at the gym by six and uh, well by by really by 5:45, and I don't even mind when the alarm clock goes off that early. It's so. Wonderful to be on the court. So this is a great time of year for me. Of course, I've loved the election season um, and just uh, encouraging everyone to get out and vote. You know, so, so much has changed. Even in our little um, conservative county of Williamson County, uh, just north of Austin, uh, things have changed in our Mm -hmm. county recently. But I I think that it's so important, regardless of your political affiliation, to get out and exercise your freedom Mm -hmm. that we have been given in this country. And, Kathy, I know you are so passionate about politics, and you've really become a prayer warrior of late. Uh, Well, not of late, but really become vocal about uh, how you're praying through this election. I mean, that's exactly right. I think that, you know, so many people say, well, God is sovereign and he will appoint kings and depose kings. And but I think that, you know, just as he says we're to give to Caesars what is Caesars and to God what is God's, uh, you know, we are we are to turn to God first in relationship. And then we are supposed to step into the place that he has has put us and have a voice and make a difference. And uh, the fact that that we have this incredible privilege to be able to vote, to be able to say um, and have a voice about what is going on in our democracy, uh, you know, as Christians, we need to step into that. Now, I, I will say, you know, looking at our forefathers and everything that they um, spoke about our country, they said that... That America is a Christian nation and that the Constitution is meant to govern a Christian nation and that the Constitution will cease to be uh, effective uh, once our nation ceases to be Christian. And Mm -hmm. so really the true way to get back on track is to go out there and live out our relationship with Christ, with others. Like Evelyn said, love one another. Christ said over and over they are going to know that you're my disciples. They're going to know mm-hmm. that 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 you are where you are because I have put you there. They're going to know the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ because you're going to love one another. And so, yes, the vote has uh, it helps our voice to have an impact. But when we love one another, that is his voice speaking into other people's lives. So, you know, I I am glad that the midterms are behind us. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to uh, move forward and to step into this. Um, it was a really good time. It was a really eye-opening time for me. I'm excited about what God is doing in our country and what he can do with the leaders that are in place. And, you know, I just pray that as as Christians, we step into our lives, as Christians would step into our lives. And so we're going to talk about, um, you know, as a Christian, how do you step into Thanksgiving? What does that mean for us? We're going to talk briefly about the history of Thanksgiving within our country and we're going to look at these letters with thanksgiving cpr we're going to pull those letters apart in an acrostic and uh 
And I'll just give you a little bit of an, an insight here. The C is going to be for cease. So there's something that we're going to have to stop doing in mm-hmm. order to get ready and prepared to do something else. Isn't that so typical, though, Kathy? Sometimes we have to slow down enough or cease something in order to see what's right before our eyes. I think we get so busy. We, you know, and busy is such an overused word these days, and I, I, I think I'm going to stop using that because there's no excuse for um, not being able to do the things that we know we should be doing. Um, and, uh, you know, slowing down enough to see the things, the blessings, mm-hmm. the uh, abundance that is right before our eyes is is really humbling and something that I want to focus on in the new year um, because it's so important to take in each moment because, Miss Evelyn, you know in your 87 <laughs> years that the moments go by fast. They do. Friends, when we return to Love Talk, we'll continue with Thanksgiving CPR. What are we ceasing right after these messages here on Love Talk? Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You have found the love, ladies, and we are ecstatic here in studio today because our great friend Kathy is here from Boise, Idaho. Now, Kathy, your sweet daughter is a a senior in high school, and she's looking at colleges in Texas, and that's what brings you back today, and we're so thrilled to have you. And, of course, we have Miss Evelyn Davison, and we are just delighted to be here with you in this Thanksgiving season. Friends, Thanksgiving CPR, what on earth does that mean? See, cease. What might we need to cease during this season in order to see God's provision? Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. What do we need to cease? What do we need to stop? Because when we think about the holiday season, uh, a lot of times our to-do list starts to become yes. very, very, very Worry. big. Yes. Yeah. Worry about this. Worry about that. That's exactly right. And and so uh, sometimes in order to begin uh, one thing, we have to cease something else. And with Thanksgiving, it can be exactly the same. And so we're going to cease striving and we're going to cease wanting. And we're just going to give ourselves a a little bit of a rest from success. Mm. We are going to put our internal wanters on hold for a couple minutes. And because we can spend all of our energy striving to prove ourselves, striving to attain success, just spend all of our energy that we have Mm -hmm. nothing left. We can spend every moment wanting what we do not have, wanting what seems to make others happy, you know, wanting whatever it, whatever that wish list may be. We can be so focused on it that we miss everything else and that we just lose sight of what we have been given. So we we must choose to cease striving and wanting. Instead, we need to choose thankfulness. And, you know, I love it. And Carrie, I would say that, that when I think of you, I think of, of Thanksgiving really being effortless. And I think that Thanksgiving, sometimes it, it can feel effortless, and it can really flow from a full heart. But when Thanksgiving doesn't feel effortless, we need to stop and realize that Thanksgiving is a choice and we may need to see Mm -hmm. some other things in order to choose Thanksgiving. And I I just want to share this verse from Peter because 
it is such good news to me. And First um, Peter is in the New Testament, and this is a letter that Peter was writing um, to the followers of Christ. And it's kind of towards the end of our New Testament. Um, first Peter is right around James and first, second, and third John. I always say Peter and James always hang out together, right? <laughs> At the end of your New Testament. Good biddies. Like us, the <laughs> lovelies. And so this is what, what Peter says in first Peter, um, 18 and 19. It says, you must know and recognize that you were redeemed from the useless way of living inherited by tradition from your forefathers. It is not with corruptible things like silver and gold, but you were purchased with the precious blood of Christ. And so this good news of Peter is that our salvation, silver and gold cannot buy it. Mm -hmm. And good works and keeping family traditions, they that cannot earn our salvation. We do not have to strive to be successful enough or want to be good enough for God. The good news of God is that he loves us now at this very moment with all that we are, whatever we are. And he loves us now at this very moment with all that we have, whatever we have, no matter how little or how much. And so for this, we can truly be thankful. God is giving us not just permission, but he's telling us, hey, cease your striving, cease your wanting. Be thankful and content with what you have and seek me instead. And, okay, Carrie, I have a question for you. What is more difficult for you, the ceasing of striving or ceasing of wanting? I think you know the answer to this. (laughs) (laughs) The ceasing of striving. I mean, for me, you know, my, my whole... I don't know, my my whole life, I guess, has kind of been built around what's the next measure of success. And I think that the definition of success for me has changed over the last years. Um, You know, success to me used to be, okay, how many games can I win? How many recruits can I get? How many, you know, is my team successful? Is my career successful? Um, and now, of course, those things still matter to me, obviously, but that's not what defines me. And so ceasing to strive for the next thing, the next level of success for me has been a journey. And um, maybe that's because my kids are getting older. Or maybe that's because my career changed a little bit. But I tell you what, it sure does help to be able to step back and breathe a little bit. Um, and not feel that pressure like you were talking about, Kathy, of having the, 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 that next measure because it's a worldly measure. That's a, that's a worldly measure. That's something that I've imposed upon myself. And in and of itself, friends, those are not bad things. I don't, I don't mean to, to give a misconception here. That's not a, those aren't bad things. But when that's the most important thing and our eyes leave the prize of Jesus, that's when um, our lives become skewed. And I think the pace and the frenetic pace of that becomes a little skewed. I I think how we define that during this Thanksgiving season is very important. Like, are we going to define success as no one in the family argues over politics or religion? Or are we going to define success as the kids behaved, right? They had manners. Um, you know, how how are we going to define that this holiday season? And I think for me, 
a successful trip or a successful Thanksgiving instead of striving for perfection or the next measure of success will be, did we make it there safely? Did we give hugs? Were we thankful for the food that was being you know, prepared for us, the hands that prepared it? Did we just enjoy conversation? I was telling Kathy earlier, Miss Evelyn, it's so refreshing to be around people that are easy, <laughs> right? Easy. That, right, easy people that, you know, everything is just kind of good no with problems. the flow. <laughs> Evelyn, well, Evelyn's an easy Evelyn's person. Evelyn's easy, right? Like, you know, you know those people where it's just easy to be around them. Um, they look at you when, when you're conversing, uh-huh. they, they smile, they want to know about you. It's not about, are the dishes cleaned up or is the floor clean, right? It's just about being together. Uh, so Miss Evelyn, uh, or Kathy, I, I tell you, for me, it's the, you know, ceasing to strive this holiday mm-hmm. season. What about you striving or wanting Kathy? Oh, my goodness. For me, you could ask my husband. It's it's my <laughs> wanter that is always the the challenge. And, um, you know, I want I want to have the perfect Thanksgiving. I want everyone to get along. I want my turkey to turn out perfectly. I want the rolls to be fluffy and chewy. I want to <laughs> dazzle everyone with the perfectly decorated table. I want everything hot to be served hot and everything cold to be served cold. <laughs> that is so funny to me. <laughs> I, want, I want Eric to carve the Thanksgiving turkey just like my daddy does. And mm. I want us all to participate in the Thanksgiving prayer. I want to have laughter and fun conversation around the dinner table. I want, I want, you know, all of these things. But in in getting ready for this show and, and in holding myself accountable you know when you start holding yourself accountable mm-hmm. you step on your own toes and you're mm-hmm. just tripping and sometimes falling in a mess and and God's the only one who can pick you up from that sometimes and I I really started holding myself accountable because I think somehow that if everything goes beautifully then it brings God glory and it's mm-hmm. a beautiful day um, but I stop And I realize and I remember that my God is the God that brings beauty from ashes. Mm -hmm. So even if the day is a wreck and that turkey is dry (laughs) and, uh, you know, the carving doesn't go so well and something gets burned or or the hot food is cold and, and things just don't turn out. If I have a heart that chooses to be thankful in the midst of it, that alone brings God the glory. He will make beauty out of the ashes. And um, I think that's something that I'm discovering today. Evelyn, what about you? Ceasing or ceasing striving or wanting? Uh, neither. <laughs> Mine is existing in my life. <laughs> and I don't mean to be uh, ridiculous about this, but... You know, it, there are some things in the era ceasing that as you grow older, and I have done that, uh, that you need to just pass on. Mm-hmm. And we've made some major decisions this year in regard to ministry uh, because of that principle. It's not that we're tired. It's not that we are uh, upset, don't like the way America's going, none of that. It simply is that the time has come to choose the leaders that will come behind us oh. and and st- with stability. You know, it's one thing to train a leader and then they, you know, they 
give you everything, you give them everything, and then they're gone. But over the years, and when I look at Love Talk, that's what I see, because I'm my I'm not as alert now as I have been in you know through the years. Uh, we are celebrating thir- as I said, 35 years of Love Talk, um, and it does take it does take energy to do that. Mm-hmm. But most importantly. The, I think the greatest thing that's come out of this is you two sweet ladies. Aww. And I know that, you know, uh, your heart is in sharing the love of the Lord Jesus. I mentioned earlier that uh, I'm going to be writing a new book uh, with a lot of help, and it's called Love Walking and Love Talking with Jesus. I love and that. I, I am hoping to have 40 co-authors, so start thinking. Oh, I got to get I got to get my pen ready. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, because um, if we don't love, if we don't love America, uh, we don't work for America. That's true. And we don't. And when I talk, when I say work, I mean prayer. I mean that investing in things. And so that part of it is um, is pretty well said at this point in my life. Well, Evelyn, I mean, I just think about all of the leaders that you have mentored, that you have helped raise up, that you have encouraged. And I mean, I know that I wouldn't be on radio today, <laughs> this morning, if it weren't for you. Well, you're Same speaking. with Carrie. And I just I love everything that God has done through you and with your life as you continue uh, just to be that person who breathes life into others. And as he breathes life into you, I love that. You put the most important thing first. You follow God. Now, all right, we we are going to get more into this Thanksgiving CPR. So C is for ceasing. P, I wonder what P is going to be for. We're going to hear about what P is for right after we hear from all of our amazing sponsors who make Love Talk possible. Stay with us. We look forward to having you back right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You have found the bridge and the love ladies. Of course, we're on 1120 AM as well as 101 FM. And so sometimes you can catch the FM when you're heading out of town. You know, you're going to lose the AM, but you can just switch it right over to the FM or early in the mornings or or, um, at dusk at the FM seems to come in a little bit better. So thankful and grateful to have that opportunity here at the Bridge Austin. You can also find us online. We have an app. And so you can turn on your app at any time and listen to us all over the world, which I find absolutely fascinating. Um, so find that app. It's the Bridge Austin and you will be able to listen to this station any time of day, 24-7. So, Kathy, here we are. Miss Evelyn, here we are. Thanksgiving, CPR. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to cease to do some things. Miss Evelyn, I don't think we want you ceasing doing anything. We want you to just stay exactly <laughs> like you are, continuing to give and pour in to Kathy and I. The P, hmm, perspective, friends. Perspective. What is your perspective this Thanksgiving season? A turn from a self-focus to a God and others focus. You know, so many times we have these expectations, mm-hmm. right? And expectations are always self-focused if you think about it, right? It's always kind of what what, what, what am I expecting? And then whenever that doesn't happen, mm-hmm. we get so disappointed. We're so disappointed because we've set these expectations. Well, really, 
isn't that a perspective issue? That that that's a that's a focus issue. That's really um, a selfish way to look at things. You know, instead of well, whatever happens, you know, happens, and we're going to make the best of it and proceed with joy and thanksgiving. Um, and Kathy, you you know my husband a little bit better than Miss Evelyn does, but my husband and I knew this when I married him. He he doesn't really have a filter. He 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 um it's gotten better over the years, but sometimes he doesn't know that the things that come out of his mouth might hurt somebody else's feelings. <laughs> I have one like that too. Right? <laughs> and I I actually find it refreshing because so many times people sugarcoat things and just yeah. tell us what we want to hear instead of what we need to hear. But Ashley was talking with a, a coworker a few weeks ago, and this coworker was being pretty negative and um, really kind of grumbling and, and mm-hmm. whining and complaining, and he just goes, "Wow." It must be so exhausting to be negative, this negative all the time. <laughs> and that coworker took it well. Um, uh, the coworker kind of realized, like, oh my goodness, I have gotten into this habit mm-hmm. of complaining and whining instead of kind of seeing the joy in things. That's perspective. Mm-hmm. What is our perspective this Thanksgiving season? Um, you know, when when we hold up a mirror. Are we looking through God's perspective or are we looking through the world's perspective? And that godly perspective is always so much more refreshing than the worldly perspective. So turning our view, our perspective from what we have to what we can give, I think is huge always, but especially during this mm-hmm. Thanksgiving season. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness mm-hmm. in your hearts to God. Miss Evelyn, has there ever been a time where you had to purposely turn your perspective away from yourself and what you have and begin to focus on God and what you can give. Oh, I've been so many of those uh, ups and down stages in my life. It would take us the rest of the week to talk about it. But in thinking about it, I think probably one of the biggest shocks I had uh, in the area of family was um, when our youngest son, Danny, was born. Uh, he was born breech and uh, very difficult. And um, by the time he was three, year, uh, three, three weeks old, he couldn't. Uh, he had lung and head problems and nose, you know, nasal thing. And it was such a difference from our son, David. <laughs> and David is just a wild, uh, was a wild child. But he always uh, weighed everything based on what he had been taught and where, what he needed to do and what he needed not to do. And he had the perspective uh, family in a bigger range than our Danny did. And as when we moved to Austin, I guess one of the best examples is we moved from a ranch. Uh, we had cattle and horses, and we uh, built a house out off of a creek out in Williamson County. And and we had a family uh, conference to decide on some issues that we were involved in. We did that well with our, our boys. And Danny was only like nine years old at the time, and he didn't quite understand some of this. So we were talking about what we needed to do next. And, of course, we lived so close to the lake in Lufkin that they'd uh, they'd have the boat ready at 5 o'clock when Van got home from work. They'd take off fishing. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> and so, you know, they had their little thing they did, and all that just blew up. And so we had to start from scratch. What is our perspective now for how we're going to be a family without mom and pop? And, and it was just a really hard time. And so we had two issues that were just really strange. Number one, Van said, okay, we can afford to either um, build a swimming pool or buy a boat, big boat. On, there are five la- lakes up here, big boat. Well, David wanted a boat. Danny didn't want a boat. He wanted a swimming pool. Uh-oh. <laughs> and so what we I learned to do is how you bring those two perspectives closer together. And, of course, the first thing to do was pray. Said, okay, what value would a boat have to our life? And 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 let them say. And then David said, well, I could have all my friends go fishing. How many friends do you have that have boats already, David? How many friends do you have that have boats already? And so then the next thing was a swimming pool. Danny said, oh, I can bring all my friends over here and we can have parties and you can have more. I mean, I made them decide on what their perspective was. And it wasn't hard, but it was it was scary. And so finally, uh, I said, I'm not voting. We've got three. If we, you know, two against two might not work. So I said, okay, your dad and you both will decide, and I will observe, and then we'll do what it is. As we pray, well, guess what? We got a swimming pool. (laughs) Best investment we ever made in life, really. Wow, yeah. That's so, I mean, everyone can have fun in a swimming pool, right? (laughs) I mean, a boat, it just sits there until you drag it all the way to the water. I've never been a boat person, definitely. I would, my vote would have been with Danny for the swimming pool. (laughs) But you know, it's hard sometimes to do that because if our perspective is not good, our goal was to do what it is the Lord would would do in our life that we could be a witness and be a help to others. And I told David, I said, David, you've got a lot of rich friends, and they all got boats, <laughs> but none, none of them have a swimming pool. Well, <laughs> I just love, Evelyn, how you bring your boys together and you work through it like a, a family. You discuss that you help them work through the logic of it. And, you know, I'll tell you with, with me, with perspective, turning from a self-focus to a, to a God focus, spending time in God's word, that is what helps me. Um, but with having kids, you know, moms, we never seem to get enough hours of sleep. We just don't. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking with uh, my mom and she goes, well, sweetheart, all you have to do is, you know, get up an extra 15, 20 minutes in the morning. And I'd tell her, Mom, you don't, I need my sleep. Like, I want those 15 or 20 minutes in the morning. And um, I was uh, on this trip with my daughter. We went to Europe for her senior trip. And uh, I wanted, I I knew we were going to be taking tons of pictures. I mean, the pictures were all over Facebook. The pictures were going to be in the, in the school, school photo albums and everything. So I wanted my hair to look good. (laughs) So. Every sorry, morning, priorities. Okay, hey, I'm a Texas girl at heart. Our hair is important, mm-hmm. right? And so I, in Italy and in uh, France and in London, I got up 20 minutes early <laughs> every day. And this is off of getting like six and a half hours of sleep because they ran us on this mm-hmm. thing. We were out constantly. I got up 15 or 20 minutes early every day to get my hair curled so that it was nice. And I was curling it one morning and I, you know, I kind of, sometimes 
I don't know if it's the Holy Spirit or God or just, you know, my 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 brain, but you just feel it not in your head, but in your heart. That voice that says, so you can get up 15 or 20 minutes early to get your hair right, but you can't get up 15 or 20 minutes early to spend with me in this book that I've given you. And I thought, oh, my gosh. So am I saying that my hair is more important than my relationship with God? I mean, that's because it was a no-brainer for me to wake up 15 or 20 minutes to do my hair, of course. But I had fought my mom for the last probably 12 months. Every time she'd mentioned me getting up early, I'd say, you don't understand, Mom. I need my sleep. (laughs) And, boy, God just put my perspective right in an instant when I'm staring in the mirror getting my hair done and and uh, anyway so he sometimes he's he talks really direct I guess maybe he sounds a little bit like your husband Ashley <laughs> I'm not sure because he you know, pretty direct pretty direct well I think you know we make times for we make time for the things we want to make time for right and when we really desire our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we make time for him. When we desire to look beautiful, we make time for that, you know. And so, boy, that really is, Kathy, that really is, that hits home right there. That is a perspective shift. Mm-hmm. Where are we pointing our eyes? Are they on godly things or are they on the things of this world? You know, thanks, Thanksgiving, um, you know, that it's a perfect time to look at our perspective. What are we focusing on when we are, uh, you know, if you're not able to be around family this year, maybe you can be around friends mm-hmm. and um, start to pull them in like family, right? So it might be sad or disappointing that we're not able to be with family, um, but again, Kathy, I know you guys experienced that in one of your first Thanksgivings or first holidays up in Idaho. You didn't have any family around. And I, I remember this, right? Am I, yeah, am I that's remember exactly this right? right. And it was hard. Like, we don't have any family around, but we're going to make some new friends and we're going to enjoy this time that we have in this new place. Miss Evelyn, during the break, you said something that was, um, of course, it's always profound. Uh, you said it's a choice. Mm-hmm. It's a choice that we make. Um, as we approach this season, do we approach it with joy or do we approach it with grumbling? You know, there's been times when I know I've been so guilty of, oh, everything's not perfect and I'm kind of grumpy <laughs> because so-and-so didn't help and this was burned and I, I'm i not a good cook and so I don't know if it's going to taste good. Like, so what? So what? Where is our perspective, friends? Where's our perspective? Oh, we have one segment left. What is the R? Thanksgiving CP. You'll find out right after these messages here on Love Talk. Hi, friends. Welcome back to today's Christian Talk and the Love Ladies. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader, my good friends, Miss Evelyn Davison and Kathy Indebrock here in studio. Uh, This is our last segment on Thanksgiving CPR, friends. Thanksgiving CPR, do you need a new breath of life breathed into you today? What do you need to cease? Do you need to cease striving and wanting? How can you change your perspective this holiday season to look through the lens of Jesus and what he would have for us? And R, Kathy, R is for restore. How can our joy be restored? 
restoring joy. I I love this because this concept of joy, which so many people want and desire and seek, yet feel as though they cannot have, everyone can have joy. And we're going to talk about this. How can you have joy? Joy is so important to God. He mentions it 93 times in the Old Testament and 110 times in the New Testament. So uh, 203 times God is talking about joy, kind of a, a topic here that's important to him. And now joy is this Hebrew word. It means glee or exceeding joy. So God doesn't want just a little tiny taste of joy. He wants exceeding joy, overflowing joy, abundant joy life-changing joy. This is not the fleeting happiness that so many people chase. And this is what God is about, life-changing joy. And God is the only one who can restore our joy. He can give you joy for the first time. And when that joy is lacking, when you're feeling worn out, torn down, lifeless, and you need his life breathed back into you. You need some some CPR so that you can feel that thankfulness again, that you can choose that thankfulness again. We can go to God. And, and I love this promise from John fifteen eleven. This is Christ speaking directly to his disciples. Christ says, I have told you this. All of these things that I've been sharing with you, all of these things I've been talking about, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So Christ wants to put his joy, his exceeding, abundant, eternal, everlasting joy inside of each of us. God can restore our joy. Now, Evelyn, I know that you spend time in prayer, and and there's so many things that tell us about the presence of God and that joy can be found in God's presence. Have you found that to be true in your life? Oh, absolutely. You know what joy is? It's Jesus over you. It's an acrostic. Jesus over you. He He loves us. The one thing he's doing right now, as we were having this great discussion about joy, is clapping hands in heaven. And we have to think about that. You know, we are his joy. Jesus over you. We're out there. People look at us and see how great God is. But you know what? It comes as we as we spend time in his presence. And that's through praise and thanksgiving, through prayer and petition. Uh, it it does not just come say, God, give me this. We have to make ourselves present in his presence for us to have the joy for living every day the way that he has called us and equipped to do. And it's it's found in his word. You know, that's why I, uh, Psalm 100 is my favorite psalm. And, it's, and this is what it says in, with, um, in the message, I'll say. On your feet now, stand up and applaud God. If you think about it, that's what joy is. It's applauding God for what he's doing, what he's going to do, uh, for what he gives us, what he takes away. It's knowing him well enough to know that he has a plan for every life. And my life is no different from anyone else. It's, 
the difference comes when we let him restore our joy when we become depressed or just, you know, just really separated uh, where we have problems in the family, trying to decide how we're going to have Thanksgiving or what we're going to do for Christmas. Uh, All of these things come together when we put ourselves uh, before him and in his presence and see the joy that only comes from knowing him and following him. It's one thing to know him, but it's another thing to do what it is that he's leading us to do. Well, and I think that it's important, this distinction between joy and happiness. Right. Right. I mean, we can be going through something that is incredibly difficult. Um, Miss Evelyn, you've had breast cancer. You, you know, you had a mastectomy. And during that time, and this was years ago, 40 years ago, right, Miss mm-hmm. Evelyn? I was 50 um, years old. I'm 87 now. So 37 years ago. <laughs> um, technology was different. Medicine was different. But during that time, you chose joy. Even though you were not happy with the situation, nobody's going to be happy in that situation, but you chose joy. And I think there's, you know, there's this huge difference. And and friends, if you look in the scriptures, the word happy is not in there. Mm -hmm. It's joy. It's joy. Uh, Joy is something God can restore. In Psalm 51, 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation. salvation. Not happiness. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness is a day-to-day thing. I'm happy I got an A on that test. I'm I'm happy that I was able to, um, you know, not burn dinner, right? Like that's <laughs> or bake a pie. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> or like, make banana pudding that somebody likes. That's right. That's that's happiness. Yeah. Joy is something that comes from deep within. Mm-hmm. That regardless of our situation, we choose Jesus over mm-hmm. us. And happiness can be is fleeting. Um, and so I think that distinction is very, very important as as we go through these scriptures. Kathy, you know, we've said that the Lord can restore joy. What what does that mean? Well, I mean, I think a lot of times we do find ourselves in situations where, uh, you know, we think I can't I can't be thankful mm-hmm. for this. Yeah. Um, what good can come yes. of this? Mm-hmm. And so here's what happens. We start to buy the lies that the world would sell us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the world would um, say that, you know, look, ab- abandon your ridiculous hope in this God who helps his children. Abandon that. No, no. What we need to do during these difficult times is we press into the truth. Absolutely. That God has put right in front of us the the truth that he is with us and that he is for us. The truth that he has plans for us to prosper us, plans for our good. We press into the truth that all of these things, uh, the difficulties, the challenges, the, the things that we would rather not deal with, the difficult people, the hard jobs, the life choices, that he will use all of that for our good. And we go and we press into those truths. We, we go into God's presence in 
in uh, prayer. We And joy is found in accepting forgiveness. There are things that we will need to turn from and repent from and, and go to God before. There are people that we will need to forgive in order to have them into our homes over Thanksgiving. Um, and then joy comes when we trust in the Lord, when we trust that his word trumps all the lies the world would tell us, that he trumps every other authority on this earth, that we just we press into the joy, we press into his truth. And, you know, ladies, we've talked about this. We've talked about to Thanksgiving cease CPR to cease from striving and wanting to to pivot our perspective from ourself to God and others for our to restore joy. And um, we've talked about what it means to go and trust God, but how, how do we do that? Evelyn, Kara, I mean, how do we go and press in and trust God and believe what he says is true and then act on that? Well, you know, this, like, like you said, Kathy, joy Joy is found in Jesus Christ. Um, I, I would encourage you, friends, to just simply Google the word joy, Bible verses. And like Kathy said, you're, you're going to have 200 that come up. And when we're looking for joy, you know, friends, you may be going through something right now where you're like, I, I cannot, I cannot, this is so hard. I cannot see how this is ever going to work out for my good because the situation seems hopeless or it seems um, just just unbelievable the circumstances that are surrounding you you know what I understand God understands and he hasn't left your side he's right there with you in fact he's carrying you right now through this situation and he wants you to see him and know him for who he is that yes this is hard and this is horrible and that's what the world would want you to think but he says look to me look to me i'm going to bring this all for your good and how do we do that we say lord you know it's just the abcs we accept him for who he is that he is the god of this universe he made everything here friends he's the god of this universe be believe that he loves you. I know sometimes it doesn't feel like it. We can't feel his presence. But get into the word and you will absolutely feel his presence. That's a relationship. And that's how you get to know our Savior. Believe that he loves you. Commit your life to loving him. He will deliver you, de-deliver you through the good times and the bad times. And eternity waits for you. Friends, in Philippians 1, 3 through 5, it says, I thank my God every time. I thank my God for you every time I think of you. And every time I pray for you all, I pray with joy because of the way in which you have helped me in the work of the gospel from the very first day until now. Friends, will we choose to refuse to focus on the negative or we will, will we choose to change our pivot, to change our focus, and change our perspective. Thank you so much, Kathy, for being here in studio today. Miss Evelyn, what an absolute joy. We pray, the love ladies pray for you during this Thanksgiving season that you'll cease to strive and want, that you'll look for ways to turn your eyes to Jesus through that new perspective. 
that your joy will be restored as you look to friends and family during this holiday season. Friends, turn your eyes to Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us today. We pray that you'll find a local church that preaches the gospel. Take your friends and family there this weekend. And we'll see you next week right here on Love Talk.